the voice of one crying the wilderness prepare the way of the lord make straight in the desert a highway for our god the voice of one crying the wilderness prepare the way of the lord make straight in the desert a highway for our god the voice of one we have been looking at wisdom and uh, began to place some emphasis on distinction between the wisdom of the world and the wisdom of the spirit we began to point out that there's a difference between these different kinds of wisdom these differences are not due to education or desire as much as they are due to source so we will continue to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and 3. There are a few things about that distinction that I did not make last week. When I began to point out, began to point out about the soulish realm and the wisdom of that realm. So 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We saw that the things of the Spirit are revealed by the Spirit. In verse 10, we saw that the Spirit searches all not some things, even the deep things of God. We saw that there are many ideas in the body of Christ that are not linked to truth. They are linked to tradition. I do not believe it was... Well, we've looked at it in the past, but probably during the holidays for most of you, we spoke as an example about the coming of the Lord. I believe we put it up on a classroom. There was a summary. So something like the summary, uh, the, the general attitude towards the words of Jesus when he said that no man knows the day nor the hour. And how people look at that and go like, yeah, nobody knows the day or the hour. So, so, so. One day it's just going to happen like that. And, and we said, no, no, it's not, it's not true. Sounds very wise and spooky, you know. We feel like God takes pleasure in hiding things. We know the Bible says he's a God that hides himself. Uh, um, Solomon in his dedication prayer of the temple said, You hide yourself in thick darkness. The enigmatic nature of God, the fact that everything is not open, is true. It's true. But he doesn't mean he doesn't want himself searched out. And, you know, it sounds, oh, no man knows the day. Jesus said that when he wasn't walking on the earth, neither the angels. And then one of the renditions says, nor even the Son of Man. Most of the others don't say it. They say, neither the angels, but my Father which is in heaven. But look at this. This place just told us that the Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. Even the deep things of God. When you talk about the deep things of someone, it simply means the dimensions of that person that are typically hidden. And if included amongst the deep things would be the information about the return of the Lord. Then the Spirit searches them out. And he said that the Holy Spirit has been given to reveal to us these things. 
So I can very confidently say that the Spirit of God knows the things that are about God's timings and seasons. Now, I have never been bothered very much about knowing which day the Lord is returning. I think it's a, it's a dimension of ignorance. Because everyone that has died has met the Lord. Yes? Do you think all the people that are dead want to know the day of the return of Jesus? Of what consequence is it? If you come in contact with a vehicle at speeds that are inconvenient for survivor, please. Has the Lord not come for you? Why, why is it so far? How many billions of people have died? Why are we so fascinated by, eh, well, that day, if only we could know. If you could know, do you know how many people have died since the war began? Knowing, what will it do for you? And I'm not saying this lightly. It really is of no real consequence when he's coming. Why? Because the average person does not even know what will happen when he comes. Or, you know, has a wrong idea of what's going to happen at his coming. You know, all the wrong ideas, you know, you have to be perfect on that day. Just as if God is stupid that you could be living anyhow, then if you just prepare for that day, you now say, small, I forgot you. Just, you did lucky. No. He doesn't need to surprise you. To make you, those who are fit, are fit at all times. Those that are not fit are not fit. And his coming will not manifest in people saying, Oh, like your lecturer, ha! You're so lucky you entered the class just before him. Ha! Me that was inside since and I just stepped out. All those ideas, concepts are, are wrong. The spirit knows the deep things of God. The things we are really interested, you know, as we were singing, Waymakers, Miracle Walker, Promise Keeper. Light in the darkness. The things we should be interested in knowing are the things that God is revealing. The things that God is revealing and wants you to experience now. Those are the things we should want to know. Not things like, um, God, if you can just tell me the day. So you do what? So you live unrighteously and then just rush and get righteous. I've said this often. Jesus said, like in the days of Noah, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. And like in the days of Lot. The Bible says, Lot's spirit was often vexed. The Bible says, Noah built his ark for up to a hundred years. That's not overnight righteousness. You don't wake up and get ready. Oh, get ready. Even if you want to think that the parable of the foolish virgins means they got ready, how much time did they have? They had the oil in existence. They had accumulated it and kept. There's no last minute running around. The deep things of God are the things that have to do with what is available for you now, which most people will never know. And when they do have an audience with God, he'll tell them, oh, you could have been walking in this, or you could have been experiencing so and so. And people will be surprised and vexed and offended with themselves. Because they'll say, you mean I could have experienced this while I was alive, and I, here I was suffering like, um, like a pauper? Those are the deep things of God. 
that God would be willing to reveal himself, we open up his heart and his life and his mind to people and tell them things that otherwise they would never know. Those are the things to be concerned about. Those are the deep things of God. Now, this spirit has been given to us for this purpose. And we saw that the spirit we received was given so that we may understand what God has freely given us. That we may understand what God, what God has freely given us. There are things that God has freely given, not for sale. Not for sale. You know how we try to buy off things from God? You know why I get worked up whenever I preach about not selling the things of God, monetizing God? It's because the Bible says that these things are freely given. You don't buy them with a theological degree. You do not need to qualify a certain way. To be entitled to the things of the spirit. It is illegal in the spirit to hawk the things of God. It's illegal. It is illegal. Heavenly policemen are going to start hunting that. You know how you do things and get away with it. And it just goes on. Like in this country of ours. Where people have done things and gotten away with it for years, and then things change, and suddenly things are exposed, and people are arrested. It's happening a little here and a little there. In God's goodness, it's going to increase. So, this very successful Spiritual hawking by anointing five five thousand five five thousand anointing of Holy Ghost impartation ten ten thousand three for twenty omnibus cost you and your family general family anointing just bring thirty any number it is all those attitudes that God is releasing angelic enforcers against and he will shatter those businesses those cabals I just saw a head glance through a part of the news on a marriage ring that was being that was exposed in the United States in Houston I, I believe and you have these Nigerians that team up with these Americans and pretend to marry people, wed people, you know, trying to bypass immigration laws. So they, you know how it goes, right? Come on now, we are Nigerians. You just say you're marrying the white person, you marry the white person. The white person, you're not really marrying them. This not, this, the difference in this one is that the blacks, uh, the white person or the American was part of the the, the the sham or the scam but they'll have sham marriages that's not real the person is really married to someone else also they'll pretend to be wedded you know take pictures 
And of course, if you marry an American, you become an American, you know that. And that's that. It's not, it's that simple. So, you gain the status of, uh, of an American. You know, and it was exposed. Now, those are the kinds of things that are going to happen, are happening, where God is going to say, enough, 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 enough. And things will be exposed. And people will be sentenced. And sometimes they will be sentenced to spiritual prison. Where there is a restraint on their ability to operate. And they will be fined. Lose their grace and lose their giftings and their authority in the spirit. Unfortunately, well, in God's wisdom, usually when these disciplines are carried out, nobody notices God could have carried out his sentence against someone and he's still ruling for another 20 years and you think everything is fine. But God may have cut off their authority and their power. But I do pray that God is going to make it more blatant, more obvious that he has walked away from some people. And I'm saying a major reason will be because of people selling things that have been freely given by God. Things that have been freely given by God. The Bible says the Spirit of God was given to you to tell you the things that have been freely given. Praying in the Spirit is absolutely necessary. We spoke on this recently. But the Spirit of truth was given to tell you things. It simply means that the Spirit of truth in my own life, the work it should play, for example, a teaching grace, teaching and preaching gifting, should come to help reveal things, to make things known. And if it is freely given, the Bible says, freely you have, Jesus said this, so freely give. It simply means that even if on Sunday, you know, you began, you began to hear that study on giving according to the Bible way. And you heard that it's different from a lot of what is common, commonly preached as giving. Even though it's scriptural. It's scriptural. But it seems a lot of what is preached is not scriptural. You are meant to give. You are meant to support the work of spiritual ministry it is clear but it must be freely done too but when people try to sell what is freely given where you put a price and say hello you see um, for all those that want to hear a little more on these things we are going to study what we studied last week and the week before and what we are going to study today um, you have to pay um, an amount of money in fact, all those that are interested in going deeper, see my secretary. They'll let you know what to do. And you go and they say, well, you have to pay it. And it's almost like special knowledge is imparted. Special knowledge is imparted. So you hear of normally ministers' conferences and some of these things, you know, or special one-on-one meetings with certain servants of God. And things are revealed about how the things of the Spirit Walk about how you can walk in the gifts of the Spirit. 
Now one could keep those things secret and be the only cock to grow. Walk around and do all these things and be so special, so unique, so distinct from others. Because they've been led through certain doors. They've been given certain keys in the spirit. The challenge is that God says that if he was free to give it out freely to. Or to tell people, here, here are keys. All those who hunger and thirst, come. Come to the fountains and drink. Come, take. Here's the key. If you want to come in this, just turn three times and push. You're not meant to charge for it. There was a fellow in the Bible called Simon. The sorcerer, the mighty power of God in the city of Samaria. Acts chapter 8. And this fellow helped people in awe with the things he did. Until Peter and John showed up. And they began to reveal greater dimensions. Philip showed up first. And the anointing of the spirit was moving. Healings were happening. And this fellow who had seemed so special was no longer special. And when that happened, he said to Peter and John, Here is money. I want to also receive the power to lay hands on people and they will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Obviously, this gift of the Holy Spirit that shows in the speaking of tongues is some special gifting. It's the kind of thing I'd like to add to the list of things I can do. And even though I have come and joined to Philip's ministry and I got baptized and I believe in what's happening, I would like to also have this authority. Philip didn't seem to walk in it and manifest it. So um, I don't know why, but me, I've not just come to talk. I've come with money. Where do you think he got that money from? Where do you think he got the money from? From farming. The proceeds of his former activities, most likely. And he takes that money and offers it to Peter. It is the one time in the Bible where you hear the disciples of Jesus being offered money for a special anointing. One time. And there is one response. Can we read it? You are singing, There is power in your name. Miracles happen in your name. As we lift our voice in praise, it's you that I sing. See, the power is in his name. The miracles happen in his name. Not for something. I insist that the things of the Spirit are available for free. Putting a cost on what God has made free is a spiritual crime. The EFCC of heaven is looking at your file. Spiritual gifting, healing. Healing comes from God. If you have to pay for a healing, 
or a prophetic word or an impartation to do business or anything whatsoever it is bordering on criminality you are selling sacred things and we should never sell sacred things Acts chapter 8 verse 18 when Simon Simon the sorcerer formerly the sorcerer saw that the spirit was given at the laying on of the apostles hands he offered them money and said give me also this ability so that everyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit when verse 20 now Peter answered well my brother I thank you for your generous offering kneel down here you can see it and began a very long prayer while laying hands on his head and said for this gift which you have brought for the servants of God the anointing will never cease in your life isn't it in your bible for the gift provoked a terrible unction from within Peter and like Isaac our forefather the blessings poured out blessings from above and from below what kind of Bible are you guys using let me read again give me also this ability so that everyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit verse 20 Peter answered may your money perish with you because you thought you could buy the gift of God with money I don't know how to say to church of God I do not know how to say it I don't know but it seems to me that Jesus' number one apostle had a problem with exchanging money for a gift of God not for a car or an item which he had constructed you have a right to put a price on what you have made or planted but what about the gift that was freely given what about the gift that was freely given do we have a right to sell this at any time the answer seems obvious it seems Peter could remember when the master sent him out and said freely you have received freely give as he sent them out hey I'm sending you out go heal the sick raise the dead and preach the kingdom of God is at hand freely you received it all make sure you do not charge when you go into the house of any man in the cities you enter don't jump from house to house stay in the house where you are received greet the house peace be to this house and if there is a son of peace in that house your peace 
will abide. If there is none of peace, your peace will return to you. Because part of the abilities and giftings you have been given is the ability to impart peace into people's environment. And you will receive this as part of your equipment for going out. Whatever they place before you, that it. Whatever they give you, eat it. It's yours on Sunday. Someone asked a question about first try. I answered this. Jesus said this. If you're wondering where these things I'm saying are found, you're going to go back and read the book of Matthew chapter. There are two chapters. Chapter 10. Well, you read it in chapter 10. And then you also go to the book of Luke. And you will see the same story in Luke chapter 9 and Luke chapter 10. I hope you've gotten that. Luke 9, Luke 10. Then Matthew 10 also gave you that. Same stories. But read them. Read them. So you do not see these things as mere words. So you can receive them as the counsel of God. He clearly instructed them. Take these words and don't sell them. Take this gifting, this authority I'm giving you. Use it for good. He told them, don't carry your own property. Don't carry your own things. In the sense that, don't wait till you raise money. He said, don't carry a purse. Don't wait until, okay, Lord, you know for this job you've sent me, I need to accumulate money. You know, there are people that have said it, many people throughout the ages. Some of you are here. Listen very carefully. Do not ever say anything like, God, I'm going to stay. I'm going to work first. Earn a lot of money. I know you have called me to do your work. But when I do your work, I don't want anyone to say that I ask them for money. My own ministry will be different. (laughs) I'm tempted to ask who this person is, but don't worry. My own ministry will be different. And, you know, I'm going to do all this and then I'll, I'll do God's work. I won't ask anyone. I'm going to raise, I'm going to make money for the glory of God. I'll keep it like Bill Gates did. Make a lot of money. And then I'll just stay and be dispensing it for the work of God. And even as I'm preaching, I'll know that I don't have any problem. That, those ideas you're having are from your flesh and Satan. Just straight away. You're, you're wasting time. I can assure you that even if you accumulate billions and God wants to use you, he'll make sure all of your billions disappear first. They must disappear. So you will not be able to say that thing. He, God always makes sure, except you're not doing his will, you're not walking with him, you're just preaching. But if you're truly doing his will, he will strip you of every dime. You'll never be able to say, God, you know I... You'll not be able to go around preaching and telling people, in my own life, I walked, I kept all the money. That's why I don't disturb anybody. I don't ask anyone for offerings. It's a lie. Jesus said, as you're going, don't carry a bank account and go. Why? For the laborer deserves his wages. God Almighty himself acknowledges in the book of Proverbs that in all labor there is profit. So there's meant to be a provision 
for laborers from their efforts. From their efforts. But how did he say they would get it? He said, whatever is placed before you, that eat. Eat it. Take what you're given. He didn't say demand. Do you know what is practiced by many claiming that they are representing God? Before I come there to preach, you must house me in a four-star or five-star hotel minimum. You must give me no less than, and I'm being nice, I'm being modest, 500,000 naira per night or per day I preach. And these are my demands. A few things like that. The problem with that is that that is not you eating whatever is placed before you. That is you deciding what is placed before you. I know we use this for things like food. And it's true. In the simplest basic form, it is when you go out to do my will. You, and you're staying, the normal thing used to be in people's houses. Because you don't go and become a burden on people. You become a blessing. You don't go there and make the churches rob their members and tell lies. And raise money in the most criminal ways. Some of these small churches or congregations... When they want to invite some big name preacher, the things they do, God help. That's where they'll have to tell lies. Because a preacher says, before I can come to your church, <laughs> I don't even want to say. That's so far, do. Who wants someone's job? Who wants to walk in great anointing and power? You want to walk in great power and authority. You want to heal the sick, raise the dead, and do amazing miracles through you. You want to be able to point your hands like this. And, and dead people self can rise. Hey, let me see your hand. Receive it. Yeah. Now listen to the price you must pay. Because some of those job descriptions are going to be taken from people. Like Saul was stripped of his power. David will be given this authority. You may have gotten born again yesterday. It doesn't matter. But you're going to have to pay the price of not doing as some have done. You hear them say things like, for someone to come to your church, you have to pay tens of millions for them to come for your program. Tens of millions of naira. So they'll do anything to raise the money because they want to be able to put up that billboard with that face and say they came here and because of that people will come and they may stay behind. And I wonder, why shouldn't you, as a servant of God, wonder, say, wait, I need to bring money for you to come to preach. I told you there are people that need your grace, the grace of God in your life. I, I need to rob a bank to have you come. Because your God, even God comes for free. We say, come Lord Jesus, Father, show your mighty hand. How many times do you get a phone call, pring, pring, this is God's secretary. You need to deposit a hundred million in the bank of heaven first. If he does it free, then I have a question for you, Oga. Who did you say you're working for again? Why are you giving this outrageous bill? So let me use a five-way example, which we've shared before. I mean, you can read it online. The, honor, <laughs> the list. And it was a woman preacher. They didn't mention who. Thank God. Just say it was a woman, a female preacher. And she was to go and preach somewhere. She had a private jet. This is something from the 90s. You can imagine. 
if that far back they were that confused how is it now ten thousand dollars you think that's nothing you don't know money if you don't know that's a lot of money ten thousand dollars for filling her jet jet fuel four star hotel not nigerian american four star hotel lodgings for the servant of god minimum four star not here a limousine of a model not older than a few years before if they were inviting her to preach in 90 or 99 it shouldn't have been older than a 1994 model that they put the model of the limousine you don't get it, it can be older it's like saying send if small me said send a toyota camry but nothing older than a 2015 that is, you can't bring a 2013 camry to it has to be at least 15. imagine even noticing things like that this is a real list sent to a ministry you want me to come these are the conditions secretaries handle this thing oh 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 since it was a woman they had to put a hairstylist in the limousine if you understand the work ethic in countries like the united states i hope you know the average girl in america never goes to a hair salon no africans are very interesting see don't ever look at the african-american version of anything and think that's america or these things you watch on tv you know how we go to the salon guys you go and cut your hair no no you don't go to a salon you cut your, your mother cut your hair in the house they took american some people the first day they ever go near a saloon is on their wedding day and some don't even go on their wedding day they just couldn't afford it well, it's too special it's too costly it's too big a deal you roll your hair you see those rollers you roll your hair you go to cut your hair guys years ago five dollars you know how many times you can go to an eatery with five dollars so you cut your hair it's a lot of money five bucks because anything that involves a human being using their hands on you they'll charge you a massage hair want someone cutting your nails these things are bookies walk around and do for free sorry i don't know you can't try the pedicure a manicure <laughs> here so in undeveloped countries human services are very cheap outside here they are very costly so not that she's going to a saloon that you carry a whole human being a hairstylist and puts in the car with her to be to meet her at the airport to be moving around with her on and off or maybe completely <laughs> you will pay through your nose oh the limousine of course has a fridge a bar and they put the kind of champagne or wine i think it was that was to be in the car yes they even said it should be i think they put the degrees of chill that <laughs> oh you haven't seen something <laughs> i can't remember the rest my brain deletes nonsense so this is real and this is small and this is happening everywhere it's happening in union it's happening here it's happening everywhere bills charges i don't come except you give this amount it's fixed they don't even bother to talk about it again it's known people have prices etc i am saying that it seems the apostles of the lamb had a problem with someone even not that they say bring the money that the person even offered to bring the money they had a serious 
problem with it. And what did he say to him? Your money perish with you. Because you thought. That is why did you think it? Why did it occur to your mind that you should charge? That you should offer us money? Look at what he added here. You have no part or share in this ministry because your heart is not right before God. There's something wrong with your heart when you try to use cash to operate the things of the Spirit. Did you hear this? According to scripture, your heart is not right when you try to use money. When you try to give God an incentive, a cash-based incentive to give you something, your heart is not right. I'm not saying you're the most evil person on earth. I'm saying that something is wrong with your heart according to scripture. You must deal with this. You must deal with this. Every time you find it an option in your heart that you want to give something. Cash. When God is saying, bow down to me. Stop this. Yield to my will. Submit to my plans. And you're thinking, what can I come up with now? If I take that other 5,000 I had, if I can just give this to God, will, 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 he, will he not try to make me do something? Your heart is not right. It is not the wisdom of God. It is an evil wisdom. It's a wisdom that wants to go and... It, how do you get the gift of God? Freely. Not necessarily immediately. Hello, everyone. Please, let's straighten this out. To get something freely does not mean you get it immediately. Yes? Applying for a scholarship, when the scholarship comes in, it may be free, right? It's a scholarship. Do you, should you buy a scholarship? I have a problem when people come and say, I'm trying to get a scholarship, I paid for and all that. I don't like it. Why are you buying? Is it not because you didn't have money that you need a scholarship? What, what's this? Anyone starts telling you, spend money for money. Ah, please. So the question is this. It is free. But does that mean it is easy? That it is free does not mean it is easy. It is the mistake that many people make. They think that because it's free, it means it's cheap. This my wristwatch was freely given to me. It is not cheap. It's not cheap. I didn't know. I wore it for a while before I found out it was not cheap. Before that, I was treating it anyhow. Then I found out the price. I'm like, wait, ah, wait. <coughs> my wife... <laughs> See that my watch. <laughs> Before I knew. <laughs> it's not cheap. It was free. I did nothing for it. I just had a sibling that gave it to me. That's all. That it is free does not mean it is cheap. Some people think that free means cheap. No. The other week when I was talking and we pointed out where Jesus was telling his disciples in Matthew 11. And he said, blessed that it was not being given to them to see or to hear or to know. Blessed are your eyes, for they see. Blessed are your ears, for they hear. You know these things. And I told you the things. I think it's two weeks ago or so. I said, these things you hear and take for granted. That there are servants of God all around the world that are desperate to know one of us hundred of it that you're getting it free doesn't mean it's cheap or of less power or magnificence or authority 
that these guys had the power to put hands on people and the gift of the Holy Spirit is imparted is not cheap, is not free. What price had they paid? The price they paid was that they followed Jesus, yes? That was the price they paid. They followed Jesus. They followed Jesus up and down, up and down. They were faithful in following Jesus. And Jesus said, ah, and he gave them a reward. He gave them something. Whenever people pay that price. So this is the question. How long did they pay the price? Before, why did Philip not at the time have the authority? Philip was one of the deacons. But he couldn't walk in that particular authority at that time. Because the others had paid a price before then. And qualified to impart these things. All of us must be willing to pay a price. Even though it is free. What are the kinds of prices I know for example people have paid? Spending time in the face of God. Spending time in the scriptures. This is how you buy the truth and sell it not. Come, buy the truth, sell it not. Isaiah 55, buy it. But buy it with what? You don't buy it with money. You buy it with your time. The major mode of exchange I know for acquiring things of the Spirit is your time. Your time. It's a mode of exchange. It's of massive value. Give God your time and watch what you get back. You get relationship. You get understanding. You get skill in the things of the Spirit. Time is not just the time of sitting and reading your Bible. also includes the, ye- the many years The years of remaining in God's face and paying a price. If you continue to do this, then you receive a standing with God. Jesus said, you are those that have suffered with me. Therefore, I appoint you a kingdom. So, what Simon should have done was to say, please... How did you people come to have this authority to walk in the spirit? To lay hands and impart giftings and graces on people. What would have been the answer? Huh, my brother, well done. Let's see after the program. You can come and see us in our lodgings. And they would have gisted him gist, Abby. Well, you know, this is our Lord Jesus Christ that we preach. Eh? You know, I used to be a businessman. And on the day I struck my greatest business deal due to his favor, he said I should follow him. I walked away from all of that and followed him. And while we walked and we walked and we talked and we suffered with him, I gave up my family. I barely used to see my family. I barely saw my children, my lands. I don't even know everything that was mine. I became his disciple. And he said, those who give up land, family, wife, Children, father, mother, ah, my family were alarmed, unhappy, sad at my bright future seeming to waste. I gave up all thoughts of becoming rich and I followed him. We would run and hide. They would chase us. We would be in trouble. They would try to stone him and us, of course. You know, day and night we would stay in wildernesses, cross stormy seas. It was rough, but it was fun. We saw all sorts of amazing things happen. We enjoyed ourselves, but 
at a cost. Ah, have you not heard my mates are doing one, two, three, four, five? We, we seem to have nothing. But what we have now, we don't have silver or gold. But what we have is the name of Jesus. And we can do things by his name. We have an authority, an impartation that others do not have. They would have said this to Simon, yes? And what would have Simon had the choice of doing? Simon would now have the choice and say, Now that the Lord Jesus is no more here, what do I do? And they would have said, Ah, don't worry, he said he must go. And he would send, that is good that he goes. Because if he doesn't go, this Holy Spirit which we operate in would not come. And this Holy Spirit has come. And is at work inside of us. We wait on him in prayer and the study of the word. We obey him in our day to day life. We seek his pleasure. We put him first. Just keep doing this, Simon. I don't know how long, I don't know how it will be. But if you just keep doing this, Simon, I assure you, maybe at some point, God will deem it fit to impart this grace in your life. He told us to wait for him. You know, before we experienced this, we waited. 40 days after I rose, then we waited again. 10 days. And he imparted this grace into our lives. So Simon, that's the, the gist. And Simon would have said, thank you. Can you pray for me? Oh, of course. God bless our brother. Fulfill his heart's desires. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much. You guys are such a blessing. Can I just sow something? Can I just drop something for you people? And you have said, ah, God bless you. Thank you. That would have been the end of the discussion. All would have been well. But this man listens to, sees power at work, and thinks, what is this? Don't. I'm interrupting myself. It is a crime spiritually to want things sharp, sharp. Don't want things sharp, sharp. No, no, no. You must not try to buy things. And the people that Heaven's EFCC are after are those that go around saying three for two, two, two. For the price of two. Come. Just come. Receive a special impartation service. All those with 100,000 stand this way. What are you doing? You're doing the thing that Peter rebuked Simon for doing. He said, your money perish with you. That is, you die, your money die. All of it be consumed by God's Holy Spirit fire. You cannot ask to buy. You didn't come and ask how we got here. You came to exchange physical, material things for spiritual substance. That which is spirit is spirit. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. And that which is born of the flesh is is flesh. Money is of which realm? The flesh realm. What I just quoted is in John chapter 3. How can you bring material things to exchange for physical things? Physical things have their place. King James calls them carnal things. Carnal. Carnal is not an evil word. What is not good is to be carnally minded. But to be carnal simply means to be physical. It's, all of us are carnal. You have, I'm seeing your carnal nature. Look at, I'm looking at it here. The word is physical. It's not an evil word. What did we say? To be carnally minded is to be what? Sarkikox minded. 
Sakikos. You know. That's the flesh realm. To be soulish, naturally minded is Sukikos minded. To be spiritually minded is to be pneumaticus minded. To have a spiritual mindset. So we looked at that the other week. And it is because of mixing up these dimensions. Peter, Paul once said, he said, If I have sowed into your life spiritual things, is it too much to expect from you carnal things? If I have put in spiritual things, is it too big a deal to expect you to provide natural things for me? It's not. But at no point did he say, Before I put into your life spiritual things, put into my own life physical things. No. Freely you received these spiritual things. Freely you must give these spiritual things. Why we don't give out natural things too freely is because most of it you didn't receive it freely. You understand? Especially when you're working. I'm not saying it's right. You should be very generous. But why you cannot force someone to give physical things is because typically physical things are labored for. Do you understand? I'm not saying you don't labor for spiritual things too. You do. But, come on, Haba, you know very well there are very many spiritual things. Even the labor, you were just there and you just started, ah, what did you do when you started seeing visions and having visitations? And sometimes, just, sometimes you didn't even do anything. You just went for a meeting. One meeting. The Holy Ghost came on you and something happened. So, in truth, what did you really do? But if someone goes and struggles and struggles and earns money and struggles and gives up things and starts a business and struggles and is now, you can't just walk up to him and say, brother, I want this one, two, three of these things you have in your shop. I, I want plus the other one. Hand them over to me. No. No. You can't. He, he, he paid a price. A physical price. Therefore, you're meant to pay a physical price. Except he wants to give it to you. Do you understand this? But spiritually, you can't walk up and just say, well, in fact, remember, you can't cross the dimensions. You give material things because of gratitude. You share what you have with those who bless you spiritually. But you cannot say, for this spiritual laying on of hands I'm about to do, drop money here. It's criminal. That is how to get into trouble. There are about to be a lot of mantles freed up. Better prepare yourself to collect them. On the condition that you never do the same thing. God told Solomon, if you will walk in the ways of your father, David, then I will make sure you have someone sitting on the throne. What happens if you don't? I will remove them. Read your Bible and see what happened to them in the time of, of Jeremiah. He removed them. He told him, you are full, he told Simon, you are full of bitterness and captive to sin. You are captive to sin. It was sin in the heart. It was sin in the heart of Simon the sorcerer. He had become a believer, but there was sin in his heart. You know, many of these people, they don't have anyone to rebuke them. It's unfortunate. I don't blame them because when even the people that ought to rebuke them are the ones encouraging them and teaching them to do these things. What can we say? Back to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I'm going to give time for questions to be asked so you can ask questions then. 
The Bible says again, in verse 12, What we have received is not the spirit of the world. The spirit of the world does things like that, buying and selling. Buying and selling power. What happens when you join the occult? Don't they have to give all sorts of sacrifices? And do all sorts of things, buy membership, do this and do that. That's the spirit of the world. He said, what we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. So the spirit was given to reveal to us the things that God has freely given us. The spirit's job is to teach you. We cannot stress this enough. You have a right to know the things God has freely given you. You have a right. But if you don't ask, what gives me, what gives us the confidence to boldly declare the things we are saying? It is that we've come to understand God has freely given these things. Don't put a price on it. I will not let you put a price on it. In this our small congregation, we have seen people walk in things that People in, that have gone to Bible colleges for ages and followed men of God around for ages have not seen. How? We have seen people come to know God in months and begin to walk in graces that people are very desirous of. How? Many of you sitting here have experienced the gifts of the Spirit at work. That you know the other day one of us had shared with me how she was Stopping to buy thing or also and and the, and 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 the Lord said, pray for this the girl. Her eyes were not good, and she put hands on the girl that is selling to pray. And the mother of the girl comes and removes her hand, and she's embarrassed. Like who are you? Why are you touching my child? And just the other day, she's walking across, and someone comes and hugs her on the road, and it's that girl. She didn't even know who it was. Recall. And the girl is like, I was healed. That time you just taught me I was healed. I have not allowed her to print a flyer. So, so and so's healing ministries international. Advertisement. People sit in kekes and are talking to people, praying with people. Doing, everything is happening. Everything is happening. Every sort of thing is happening. One of our people was invited the other day to share in a church. And he went and shared. And many things happened. Similar to the things that happen here. And these are children, you would say. Children, people that a few months ago were living in sin. Do you know how that can happen? When you know what has been freely given to you. So don't hear my words in case you're just visiting and you think, well, I, I, I was blessed by what you said, but it sounds like you're criticizing. No, no, stop it. You don't understand. I'm not criticized. Thank God. You're, you're lucky. When I start calling names, you know how far. Don't worry. I'll copy Paul. He used to call names. Some I won't need to call. You watch it on the news. See, this is why it's so important that we not operate this way. Because you could be there hiding. You come out. You want to bamboozle people. You want to always tell them stories about what God has done through you. So they hold you in awe. And you stand and say, by the time you finish, you say, all those that want to partake of the grace of God in this man of God's life, come out here with your gift. But you could teach them, to be honest, if you taught them, like we strive to do all the time, teach them that they can walk in it too. Why would they need to pay you for it? When they can walk in it too. So they try operating and they're like, wow. Yes, they should say in all good things with their teachers, but that's not... 
you shouldn't stop them. They, they should be taught to do. These things Jesus began to do and to teach. When they look at the disciples, how can they know these things or do these things? Say it's because they took knowledge that they had been with Jesus. Jesus didn't hide it. Jesus would do. Then you out to do. Go and do. Go. Go and do. Not well, well, well. Um, um, I, I hope I can clear my schedule somewhere in three months. You know, I'm booked fully. I could come around there, please sir, please sir, can you just come, please sir. If you just come to our street, please sir, if you just come around where we are, fellowship, please sir, please sir. <laughs> My people, you know, um, the, <laughs> I'm, I know I'm using the wrong voice, I can use the other voice, but let's manage this. Uh, <laughs> you know that voice. With all the attendant spiritual sounding noises, and you say it, and it's like, Wow. If you can't have him, you can't have this anointing move. What happens if someone comes to you and says, Please, sir, can you, can you know? Ah, don't you know you can walk in this thing too? How about, no, you don't need me. Why do you need me? No, you can. How, sir? Ah, ah, sit down, let me teach you. See, this is it. This is it. The Bible says, the Bible says, the Bible says, These are your rights. This is the unction available. Come, let me lay hands on you. Father God, go. Go with this person. Do this. And you impart what you have. You open up. You bring your keys of the spirit. The authority given. You open up. Unlock things in their understanding. He opened their understanding. And they understood. You open up their understanding. You don't hide. You don't just come and talk on the surface. You open up. You say this is what I did. And it was like this. And it's like it didn't work the first time. The second time. The third time. And I kept doing. So go and keep doing. And you will see. And every time you do this, you're equipping them. Not keeping for one person that will take over from you. You keep doing this. And you do it to as many as possible. And you have your replica everywhere. Why will they need to come to you and try to raise money by force? Why will they try to bring out money to buy? Please sir, please sir, if you can only come. Do you know how many people go to see servants of God? You can't see them. Even the ones you call your pastor, you can try for months and you cannot see. Then one person will come with one fat envelope and see them the same day. You don't believe me? Go and raise money properly and see who you see. <laughs> you haven't. A man's gift makes way for him. Someone just drops heavy word to come. See, 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 welcome. See red carpet now. Just brrr. And you'll be sitting in the reception. You've been sitting in that reception for one month. And they'll walk past you. Fum, fum, fum. And walk out. Fum, fum, fum. And then you see someone just arrive. And you see people being welcomed at the door. Because one fat envelope preceded. Go, prepare the way. These are the things that God has a controversy with in Zion. A controversy with. And his attitude is, no, no more. This must cease. It is not the wisdom of God. It is not the wisdom of God. It is not the righteousness. It is not the wisdom. This is the wisdom of the world. It's the world that does this thing. So you will need to raise 500,000 to get me to come preach in your meeting. Because when I come, things will happen. And this is what people don't understand. The same impartations that happen here for free, 
if you paid for it, they would still happen. Have you come to realize or heard that people usually don't value what they get for free? That people despise what they get for free? So if you came, they say, lighthouse, ah, if you go to God's lighthouse, they lay hands on you. I'm telling you, you will start having supernatural experiences. And you come, you know, and that's exactly what will happen. But you have to wait and see, you fix an appointment for counseling or for impartation service. And all those that will be part of it have to, you know, take a seed in your hand, not less than 5,000 naira. As you came, you know, and, all that. and by the time you have 50 people, not less than 5,000, how much money is that? How much money is that? I said 5,000 times 50 people. How much? Lo- huh? Why am I hearing sounds that are so, ma- so varied? Shouldn't it all sound like a chorus, one sound? Hmm, it's well, oh. All those that had D in math. Let me see your hands. Put down your hands. Put down your hands. Law students, don't raise your hands. 250,000 naira. That's school fees. I've covered school fees. Then the next one, rent. Which will hold in another two weeks. Or next one, rent. Then the next one, new clothes for the madam. To keep the home front happy. Then the next one. <laughs> so, we do some things. Tell you, invite your friends for spiritual impartation. Tell your friends when they come here. Have you not heard the testimonies? It's real. It will work. It will work. You cannot argue with results. It will work. It's working for free. How much more? It will work. It will work. The question is this. What is God saying while it is working? God is saying, freely you received and costly you give. Freely you receive. For money you give. And God is watching and watching and watching and saying, what are you doing? You're selling my unction. You're selling my impartations. You know, there are some of you here that are actually confused about these kinds of things. If you have come here for a while, you're on your own. I don't even, with time, I won't have your time. If these kinds of things confuse you. It means you're drinking from everything. You're drinking clean water. You're drinking dirty water. You're drinking everything. You're to- you have tummy ache. Spiritual tummy ache. Don't be eating nonsense after you've been introduced to good food. Don't eat nonsense. Don't eat nonsense. Any disease you carry, you know when you've been used to eating nonsense, you may have developed a form of immunity. But when you now introduce that which is good and you want to mix it, there's going to be a reaction. Don't combine you cannot have the ability to hear pure truth and hear filth. And you know very well it's not trying. You just say, well, and just open your mouth wide and keep drinking it. What do you think will happen? You'll be judged according to what you know. Don't do it. Well, well, it's not, well, it's not like that. You know, well, p- people have their different ways. No, no, the Bible has one way. The spirit of truth says you shouldn't buy. That's happy He said, why do you buy that which does not satisfy? Come, come and buy without money. The Bible says so. Buy without money and without cost. God says so. 
Don't use money to buy. Use money to appreciate. Don't use money to acquire or seek to acquire. It is not God's supermarket you are shopping in when you are holding cash. That's why God told the Israelites to give offerings to the priests, the Levites. To give. They were the ones they had to do and they were the ones they had the option of doing. This wisdom that seems to put a price. Do you know what I've heard what they say some of these preachers say? They say the same amount that a public speaker gets from giving speeches. That is the same amount that I charge for preaching my message. The question is this. I thought you were not of the spirit of this world. The spirit of the world, which we just read about, does not give freely. It gives for a cost. But the spirit of Christ gives freely. So you cannot bring the attitude you have when you're working for an office and charging for your services in the natural realm. You cannot bring that rule to the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God demands free services. Everybody say that with me. The kingdom of God demands free services. You want to know, the Bible says, Jesus said, this gospel of the kingdom will be preached throughout the world and then the end will come. A lot of what is being preached and has been preached is not the gospel of the kingdom because the gospel of the kingdom is preached freely. You want to start finding some of the people that are preaching the gospel of the kingdom, check the they put on their ministry. Check their attitude in conveying their ministry. They do not and should not sell it. Now, listen to what follows in verse 13. This is what we speak. These things I've said is what we speak. Not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught us by the Spirit. What words do we use to explain and teach these things? Words taught by the Spirit. Explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. We don't even use the words. The words we use to convey these things are words that are taught us by the Spirit. Many times, the Spirit of God puts words in our mouths. You want to even go a certain way and he's saying something else. So you express it how he's expressing it. What's taught by the Spirit? That's how we convey spirit realities. Not words taught by the world. Not words taught by man's wisdom. The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. I, I think last week we explained quite some of these things. The things conveyed by the Spirit of God to some people, they are foolishness. How do I know that many preachers do not have the Spirit of God, are not to preach by the Spirit of God? They hear many of these things we say, and it is foolishness to them. 
They say, how can you say what you're saying? How can you do? Who does that? The question, why should it be foolishness to a preacher? Something that is clearly in scripture. They don't have the spirit. And you wonder, then what are they operating? They are operating in a certain level. And usually it is the soulish level. The sukikos dimension. The soulish dimension. It's foolishness to them. They cannot understand them because they are only discerned through the spirit. The person with the spirit makes judgments about all things. But such a person is not subject to merely human judgments. For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? Let me write something or draw something for you. So let's say this is the spirit man or a person. Let me not go into the specifics yet. This person has dimensions. All people do. And we are going to focus on just the two dimensions mentioned there in that passage. And that would be the spirit and the soulish dimension. And what happens when there's the... You would think that it is body... So, realize that often, the way it is, is more of layered, not side side, but by layer upon layer. So, it's more of like body, this is what everyone sees. <laughs> I know that's uh, scary, but you should get it. Showing it to you from the side, it will be something like this, okay? The spirit, man. The soulish man and the and the body man. So when things come out, look at what typically comes out. There's emanations from the physic the physical realm has its own emanations. The soulish realm gives out its own emanations. And the spirit realm gives out its own. Are you saying? I don't know. I hope nobody is colorblind. And I know from the angle where you are, I hope you can see a bit. But if this is a person, this is what's constantly coming. There are layers to the person. Okay, so if you want to be complete here, we would have had a spirit man inside there. These dimensions exist. These are the things we were reading about in that first Corinthians 2, a week or two ago. In the earlier passages. Because we come in contact with people. And people all have spirit, soul and body. First Thessalonians chapter 5 tells you that people have these dimensions in them. When you are in contact with someone. The difficulty is judging which dimension of the person. Which is it his body, his sacks. His body mind, his sarkikox, is that what is talking? When it says that they are not, they don't have the spirit, it doesn't mean they don't have the Holy Spirit in them. It means that they are not emanating the information they are giving you at that time from the spirit realm. That's 
using our colors there, the green. It is likely coming from the soul, the purple and the red. It's coming from that dimension. That's what's coming out. And when you're receiving from that dimension, all you see is a person. That's all you see. You see a person talking to you. He can be a servant of God, 50 years in ministry. But he could speak to you from any of those realms. You still see one person. When he's saying it straight from the spirit, it will still be the person. It will still be like I'm standing in front of you and could tell you, my child. See, let me use a quick example. A quick example I shared somewhere today. You know the thing with God, just to help. So, you have, a, you have something happen in your life. And you're wondering whose fault it is. And you're not happy. And naturally, okay, the same three layer thing. Now, there's some servant of God somewhere. Some servant of God, one way or the other. Who you come to. He's a, let's say a man of God, okay. Hmm? And he can see in the realm of the spirit. And he sees here that the thing that is happening to you is done to you by man. Ah, I can see. You have a neighbor. There's a neighbor you have. It's true. There's an auntie you have. Absolutely. There is. You have an auntie. Some people see and stop at that level. Some other people see beyond the auntie the demons that drove the auntie they see the demons the spirits that prompted the man and finally there are those that can see beyond all that and see up to the dimension where they see the hand of God in the matter this is what happens to people often I hope you can see that diagram and so you, you go to someone someone says is there, I can see a fair man, a fair person. Okay, let me, let me use a real example. Okay, so, have you guys noticed that here, for all the time you've been here, all the plenty prophetic words we have given to people, <laughs> we give a lot of prophetic words to people, have been around. I don't know any congregation that gives as many prophetic words as this place. Because it's not one person giving. It's many people operating in the prophetic and saying this is what and we pray for people for hours week after week the ones you see the ones you don't see during the meeting after the meeting in the middle of the day in the all sorts of times constantly we are telling people things this is what God should this is what God revealed this is what God is telling us though some ask us to pray for them some do not ask us to pray for them some we just pray for them and we are getting words. Many things we do not even share. There are many things we have that we have not even communicated. Then there are many we don't have because as we are prophesying, we say, bring your phone. We record it. Bye-bye. Take it. It's yours. Go and write it out. And by the way, I've said it often. Write out the things you're given. Don't say it's in my phone. Your phones die. Your phones disappear. Phones go bad. Write out the things you're given. This is wisdom. Be obedient. Disobedient people suffer lots of things. Now, you saw those three layers. You're seeing them. And what do you say as you see? I was asking a question. How many of you have noticed that we never talk to you 
about people and even if we mention that well we can see someone we don't ever focus in you've never heard us say let's pray about somebody that is doing and attacking someone how many of you have ever heard us pray such a prayer why hundreds i say it's plenty how is it that somehow we never see who is behind anything we see but we never tell you we never point you in the direction of a person that there is this person why because we have been trained here not to stop at level one at the very least ephesians chapter 6 says you don't wrestle against flesh and blood another word for that on that list would be what is flesh and blood is man the bible tells you we don't wrestle we don't fight men but we fight what principalities powers the rulers of the darkness of this world spiritual wickedness in heavenly places so we fight satan if we are fighting something we fight satan and then i have a question to ask you in the story of job what was it that attacked job's animals a wind human beings the Sabians, Chaldeans too, and all sorts of different groups of people, armed robbers, etc. Physical human beings took away Job's property. Abi, man. But you and I had the behind the curtain view of what was happening in Job's life. And who was behind those thieves and those marauders and those wicked people? Satan. Satan went and induced all these things. So they were men. When the people came and gave the report to Job, Ah, I'm the only one that escaped. Did they say we were just there and we saw spirits appear and steal away the animals? No, it was men. That's a dimension of sight. The natural, the physical man, the sarcicus man sees the physical. So he operates from that realm. His wisdom is limited to that realm. Investments and acts and issues are conducted from that realm. Run a business, you need to follow certain rules. You need to carry out certain business plans. You need to follow certain protocols and procedures to bring about certain successes. But we know from chapter 1 of the book of Job that Satan was behind it but we also know from job chapter one that god was behind it yes the bible says that god is the one that called job and said sorry called satan and said have you seen my servant job because job was a spiritual man do you know job was a spiritual man who was job talking to in the throughout the book of job who has noticed who job was addressing do you hear Job talking to Satan, binding and casting? Did you hear Job call people to help him go and fight those men that came and took his things? Job was a man of God. He knew God. And he went straight to the source of his issues. God. It is why, if you've ever wondered, why don't you say, let us pray against these people that are working against my family's well-being or against my well-being? Why we do not say, oh, let us talk to God. Every power fall, every opposition fell. 
we usually almost always go to God. How many of you feel like I do? That this thing about going to God about issues, jumping all of them to the Oga, the final Oga at the top, is the best way. How many of you feel it is a, an easier way of doing warfare? How many of you have experienced and seen how we fight here? And notice that we don't go after everything. It's, a, it's, it's an approach. We could do the same thing by going after the people behind the thing. Or the people in front of the thing. Because they are not, they are not behind, they are in front. They are the first level. We could go to Satan. We could bind and cast. Or we can go straight to God Almighty and say, Baba God, is there any outstanding? Is there any issue in my life? Why does Satan seem to have permission to attack me? Do you know what God's answer will be? One of two. is either he will go like, I didn't give him permission. No. He, he can't, he's a thief. Oh, go and collect your thing. Oh. Pursue. Recover. Recover all. Take Overtake. Recover everything. David. Eh, uh, it's not you. Why do you think David used to ask, God, should we pursue? Did you notice when we studied something about David the other day, that when it was God that was behind the troubles and the famine, that there was no fighting to be done, all that was to be done was repentance. Because when God is fighting you, you don't go fighting Satan. Satan will just laugh at you. You see this Mugu, Job, Job. Imagine if Job was a spiritual Mugu like most people. I come against. How many of you think it would have worked at all if Job started fighting Satan? Who sent Satan? Who sent Satan? All God did was remove Job's head, yes? He just removed his covering, just lifted it off him. He put the head there before, the covering, the fence. He removed it. Job was under attack because God removed his covering. The only person that could restore his covering is God. You can't stop flies from coming to a, a mango seed, a fresh mango seed. Can you stop flies? Can you send out information that makes them see? Listen, flies, listen, listen. You will not. Mm -mm. When Satan sees someone or something to attack, he attacks it. He's a thief. If he sees something good, attractive, he will come to steal it. The only way you keep thieves out is by what? Security, yes? So naturally, the enemy steals, kills, and destroys. So God puts a covering around those. Of the Lord, the name of the Lord is a strong power. The righteous run in and are saved. So when you walk in righteousness, on paths of righteousness, you are under the protection of the tower of the name of Jesus. You are under protection. That's how God is able to save those that are godly in trouble. He's able to. He provides the security. He doesn't say he takes away all the troubles. He just secures you in the trouble. You remember Psalm 27? We read it one of those days. Talks about in his tabernacle. He will help even though an enemy encamp against me all around. I will not be afraid. It's not about the enemy. It's about your security services. That's how it works. So, I am informing you, according to these scriptures, that if you will stay with your eyes going beyond that 
superficial level. Have you heard what someone did to me? It is that wicked uncle. No, you must believe it. Why don't you have security? What happened to your security services? Why? Why are they able to attack you? Something is wrong with you. It's you. Your issue is not with that thing. It's with God. Why has he removed your head? Why has he removed your protection? Make sure you're covered. Make sure you're covered. And don't focus too much on Satan. Only few times is Satan trying to steal without a right. But most times, deal with your... The people that have to fight and push back Satan sometimes, and push and push and push, instead of going straight to God, settling all their issues with God, and God providing their protection, they have to fight themselves for themselves. This is how to live a life free of Satan ruling. Make peace with God. Acquaint yourself with God. And he will provide an instruction to Satan. Don't touch those guys. You can't touch them. Don't, don't go near them. Don't open the head. So many times now, the enemy is just locking around. And he keeps telling us, if you break the head, the serpent will bite you. If you break the head, he'll attack you. Don't break the head. Everybody here, don't break the head. Tell your neighbor, don't break the head. Don't break your fence. It is for your good. God put it there for your good. Should I give you an example of what a fence is? Because we read these things and we don't really understand. Did you know the church, your local congregation is a fence? Your local congregation is a fence. Do you know how many disasters are prevented when you're part of a body of believers? that walk with God and love God, do you know how many disasters you escape? Ah, tons, tons of disasters. You are protected and delivered from so many things that could happen. Some of them you will never know they could happen. Can you picture if you were living alone and you leave the gate open all the time and you have a neighbor or your housemate that's always closing it. You're always leaving your locker open and you have a roommate that always locks it for you. Do you understand how that works? Do they have to apply to you to lock it for you? And you ran out. Has it ever happened to you that you ran out, you are rushing out for something, or you're just naturally like that? If you know this, someone has secured your life, your property, your things, over and over again, one word or the other. Let me see your hand. Do they always, oh, look at that. Do, do they always write an application and say, can I help protect you? Do, you, do they sometimes protect you without your hearing about it? That is some of them. It's their official duty to be following you behind, to be locking your things. It's in your nature to leave things in the north, the south, the east, and the west. Does anyone know anyone or have anyone that... Anyone, you have someone like that in your life. Sibling, family member, etc. The person officially... You, you, it's like you were created to protect them. Anyone? It's like their duty is to scatter. Some of you, you are the one that they protect. I agree. I'm saying, is this a reality? Those are fences. Those are hedges. A properly functioning congregation of believers provides a fence. So when things start happen, happening, people start having burdens. People get woken up in the middle of the night. People are walking on the street and the father drops and the hedge 
activate. Bing, 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 bing. And one says, I've been feeling this burden to pray for this person. Another one says, it's true, I felt it too. That's the hedge. That's God's hedge. Protection mode. Alarm triggered. Bing, 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 bing. And we pray. The person might be not walking in righteousness or is ignorant of something, opening himself up. But because there are others that God has constituted as a fence. Do you understand? So when you hear about breaking the head, one of the easiest ways to break the head is to step out of those that God has given to protect and to surround you. It is far more common than you know. So I want you to throw away that your that idea of the head always being like this spiritual thing you walk around with all the time. It's not always many times. It is the things God has placed in your life. Do you know that studying your scripture is a head? Learning the words of God. It is why being in meetings. I didn't used to understand this. I used to find it hard to tell people, come for meetings. Don't miss meetings. Because it sounded like you're just another of this. I sounded like I was just another one of these preachers that keep wanting people to come to church. But I would encourage myself in law and say, well, God knows I'm not doing it. We're not doing it for offerings. We're not doing it for this. We don't take offerings in every meeting. It's not like we are looking for ways of getting something from them. But I realized that people that would cut away from meetings would tend to go downhill, would fall into all sorts of things. People that would separate themselves would suffer spiritual accidents and disasters. Then those that would consistently be around. And I realized that it's the hedge, it's the fence, it's the name of the Lord over the household that was helping. You know, I realized that. I got to understand that. And as I understood, it became easier for me to, you know, tell people, hey, be in meetings. Don't, 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 you hurt yourself. You'll expose yourself. What happens when some three people are under attack and when only one person is under attack? If five people attack three people, it is far better when, than when five people attack one person. Because the others provide a shield. You face this way, you face this way, you face this way. And you fight through together. David's mighty men, the three of them together, were able to break through a garrison. But if it was only one of them that had gone, it would not have been possible. God, Satan, man, or man, Satan, God. Who will you keep your eyes on? It is wisdom to learn to go to the highest and resolve your issues. Sometimes you will go to him, he will tell you, it is not me. I have granted no permission to the enemy. And you're like, ah, Satan, did you come and touch me? Double, triple, ten times, give back. And you pursue, overtake and recover all. Because he didn't have God's permission. He was stealing on his own. He was hoping to capitalize on your ignorance because this is the danger that people that go to God suffer sometimes I know this since I go to God so like almost to the exclusion of all the others sometimes we run the risk of not handling certain or man's issues at all we always say well if it's happening it's almost like inshallah God knows it's in God's hands but sometimes God is like no no it's not in my hands no I'm not behind this one and that's the balance I've tried to have. Many people are already on the other extreme. So this message may not be for you. I 
for so many years have been at this other end where I'm always like, well, God must have known about it. But the, a lot of the Bible preaching is that, you know, is there calamity in a city and the Lord had not done it? Is that in your Bible? But there are times God will tell you, well, 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 well. Um, that thing, I didn't really give permission. I was just considering it, you know, attacked. And you can go back and say, Father, I want it back. And he says, why are you talking to me? Didn't I give you weapons? Go and get back your stuff if you want it. And you go. I believe in this season, we are going to increasingly have God tell us the things that he didn't permit the enemy to attack us with. And we are going to go back and get what was asked. Amen? That time has come. And that time is now. In the name of Jesus. Final thoughts on this matter of the soul, the spirit. The wisdom of the soul, the wisdom of the spirit. For today, it tells you that when we speak, we speak not in words taught us by human wisdom. You know that being you're seeing there has human wisdom at the human level. That red level, that soulish level, that psychical spirit, the psychological level. There's a wisdom that is there. And he's saying that when I speak, Paul said, when we speak, we are not speaking from that dimension. At from what dimension should we be speaking? From the spirit dimension. Things that are taught to us from that innermost being, out of our belly, rivers of living waters. Do you know that there are waters that are poisonous waters? Soulish waters. They flow. They seem like they will satisfy. They will not. You read them in all these popular self-help books. Motivational books. They seem to be a very good substitute. They seem to work. There are many stories of people that practiced the things written therein. And it worked for them. But you must understand that it is not that something worked. That doesn't make it of God. Because the still of the flesh realm, as long as it is of the flesh realm, it will pass. It didn't emanate from the heavenly father. It came from the earthly dimensions. Let me give you a few scriptures on what the Bible says about this earthly dimension, the soulish realm. This first Corinthians 15 verse 44. Maybe I'll just give you a taste because I want, I don't know, is there anyone with questions about it, anything I've said? So I want to know if I should go on say some more. Or if I should take questions and I pause and we'll continue later. Let me give you some scriptures. First Corinthians 15 verse 44. I, I will hint you, then we will leave it and probably come back uh, next week. It says, it is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. This word for natural here is, guess, Greek. Sukikos. So they, these are clearly different dimensions. There is a sukikos body. Then there is a pneumaticos body. We've taught you that at the first resurrection, there will be people who no longer operate on their soul. They will operate purely from the spirit. 
their blood will no longer, I don't think they will have blood. They will run on spirit, not on blood. That's how it will be impossible for them to die anymore. Because for now, the natural man we are operating in, the life is in the blood. And we are saying, even though we have a natural body now, a soul-based body, that Lord, reveal to us by your spirit the things about the spirit-based body. We want to operate in the spirit. This is the prayer we are praying. If, because I, I, I'm, I'm saying this in advance so that you don't ask. If the Bible says we have a natural body for now, why so shouldn't we wait until we get a spiritual body? Then you think, no, God gave you his Holy Spirit to prepare you. To start teaching you about the things of the spirit and the spiritual body. You can start walking and partaking in the powers of the age to come. In the age to come, it's just going to be a spiritual body. So the Bible tells you here that there is a natural body. It is buried a natural body. And it is raised up a spiritual body. That word natural there is psychikos. Not physical. Not psychikos. It's a soulish body. There is a soul based body. So you've seen that, that that's in the Bible. Again, it's not coincidence. It is not error. You must be alert to it and know that God is working on creating spiritual people. When we say they will have super bodies, this is why. Because they will be running on spirit, not blood, not soul. Another passage, in fact, verse 46 of that same passage, verse 46 of that same passage says, The spiritual did not come first, but the natural, and after that, the spiritual. That's the same word. The pneumaticus did not come first, but the psychicus, and after that, the pneumaticus. This is what it says. So, the soul man comes first. The question is this, thank you. This is the question you should ask yourself. If the Bible says that the soulish man came first, then the spiritual man. Can you understand that what we are sharing is that many of the things people talk about and preach about and have pushed about, God has allowed it because the natural man comes first, the soulish dimension, then the spiritual. So who is the more advanced being? The one that operates on the soulish level or the one that operates on the spiritual? The spiritual is the upgraded version. The upgrade is the spiritual man. You know, we've shared this in the past, how this whole world, people are, have for years boasted and tried to prove their superiority of intellect and knowledge. But how in recent times, people focus on the spiritual dimension. I don't mean Christians. I mean the people of the world. In the 70s and 80s, the TV shows, the emphasis was on man's ability and intelligence, even in the 90s. But as time went on, the later 90s and 2000s till now, the TV shows are focused on the supernatural. 
and all over the place, the same people that used to despise the spirit realm seem to be showcasing, even though it's usually demonic power, but it's spirit realm that has become popular. And even the world has acknowledged that there's greater power in spiritual things. Books like Harry Potter would have been mocked years ago. Ah, talking about power and witchcraft and magic. <laughs> what a joke. But now, the world is very open to the spirit realm. Very many popular TV shows, what they call illusionists, are people operating things of the spirit. People don't seem as blown away by scientific things anymore as they are by spiritual things. People, human beings all over the world, people whose parents did not go to church, are now pursuing spiritual power. Many more people are joining movements that have to do with spiritual power. So the Bible tells you the natural came first, then the spiritual. And even in the future, it's telling you what kind of body will be given. But it also shows you that the higher level that follows the spirit or the natural dimension is the spirit dimension. I'd like you to also look at James chapter 3 verse 15. If you're writing, write James 3 verse 15. You can also write, just write all. Jude verse 19. Jude has no chapter, so it's just Jude 19. Okay? All those passages speak of the soulish realm. Let, let, let's read James 3, 15. It says, it says, Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. That word, what does your translation say? That line. What is that? Earthly, sensual. That word, sensual, is Sukikos. Are you hearing? There's a wisdom which we have been discussing that is earthly. He's telling you that it didn't come from above. It looks all whoa. But hey, no, 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 no. It's not that it's natural. It's, it's an unspiritual. The opposite of spiritual is natural. It's not always evil. It's just not of the spirit realm. The, of course, if you want context, he said, if you have envy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not boast about it or deny the truth that such wisdom is not of the spirit of God. I, I could take a whole, an hour just to preach on that. But you do realize that a lot of the things that you hear that is preached to motivate you to achieve greatness just tells you up to selfish ambition. How many of you have come to realize that? You have this drive. You have this drive imparted to make a name for yourself. And it seems very... It seems like the real deal. And in all honesty, it's not. It's not. The Bible tells you don't deceive yourself. It didn't come from God. Ah, this is a whole other message. We'll preach it someday. But we've preached it already. That message you heard that after you walked out of that meeting, you went like, in this life I'll make money. In this life I'll have money. You have been inoculated. You received a shot from demonic 
sensual, earthly wisdom. And you walked out of it going, Ah! Some of you have not been around church people. You came out of that meeting going like, I don't, Has anyone here come out of a meeting before? And you're so excited that you're pushing your friend that you're working with. Ah! That is like you, you're all... Wo- Stand up! Anyone? Or were all of you unbelievers? Well, none of you Christians. You need to go to church. Who is a guy here? Come, come. I need a guy. Come, come, come. You have been a Christian for a short time. Who can picture coming out of a meeting and like, Oh boy, you hear Revelation? <laughs> oh boy, I go get money for this life. <laughs> Does anyone understand? Have you ever... Guys, you're so stirred up. And it is pure. The Bible says it's demonic wisdom. You just got. You came out of it feeling all. That's when your dream was born. That's when you. That's when you. Your, your, your dressing changed. Your, your everything changed. You didn't go to a club. It was church you went to. And they imparted it to you. And you are so grateful to the man of God that brought that revelation. The Bible says that where there is envy and selfish ambition, what is envy? You looking at what someone has and saying, I must have. I must have. Where all the illustrations that were given were about physical things. Physical things. Not that you left there saying, Kai. I must walk in the power of God in this life. I will heal people. I will, I, will, I will deal with demons. You didn't come out spiritual. It wasn't the good. It, 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 it was to. You left there with the intention of competing with everybody. You will speak better, dress better, act better, be more submissive to your boss but with the intention that a day will come you'll be greater than your boss that is all of it was bad but it's so good looking the bible says don't deceive yourself and do not lie against the truth that's what the bible calls it when these things are preached is a lie against the truth you know sometimes this is one of those messages you are not the crowd for it there is a crowd. But you need to hear it so you avoid it. Because in spite of your hearing today, you are still going to be tempted with it sorely. Some of you will live here days ahead. You come across and you wonder, why, ah, but this thing is so, ah, this thing is so good. Now why the barrister used to seem to speak against it? May God open your eyes at that time. But better still, may open it now. So you don't even waste time on a, a detour where you miss the road for three years. Then they have to find you and bring you back. And you lose spiritual wealth that you would have accumulated. The Bible calls it earthly psychicus wisdom. Demonic. Seems very good. Why do you think people would say to him that day, Lord, Lord, I did this in your name. And you say, you, I don't know you. Why do you think? You, what that thing you were doing, I didn't have a hand. See, let me tell you how you know sometimes that you're hanging out with the truth. Is it killing you? Is it killing your flesh? Is it killing the natural? Let, in fact, let me use the other side. One of the easiest ways to know that what you're likely listening to is a lie is 
the thing that is exciting you, would an unbeliever be as excited about it as you are? Answer me. That kind of message I just finished describing. Is there any unbeliever that does not want it to? So, so how can it be a spiritual thing? Didn't you hear that spiritual things are considered foolishness by the world? Everyone, hey, hey, pay attention. Don't be distracted. Did you hear when we read in chapter 2 of 1 Corinthians that spiritual things are foolishness to unbelievers? So when you hear something that makes sense to everyone, including all the unbelievers you went with, what are you saying? If it made sense to everyone, it cannot be spiritual. It's either you believe what these scriptures are saying or you don't. If it makes sense to an unbeliever and he says the thing makes sense, the thing makes sense, you have just eaten from demons. How you know it is of God is that it won't make sense. Even spiritual people will listen to it. John chapter 6. And they listened to Jesus. And they stopped following him. Say, what are you, what are you preaching? What? No, this your thing is too hard. The Bible says some of his disciples, his followers, not his believers, they stopped following him. You eat my flesh, drink my blood. Ah, ah no, no, ah, babegi, ah. It's too much now. We, we don't agree, 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 agree. I don't agree again. Spiritual things don't make sense to natural men, okay? You have to choose which you believe. What's the final passage I gave you? Jude verse 19. Jude 19 says, These are the people who divide you, who follow mere natural instincts and do not have the spirit. This is the same thing. Paul said that they do not have the spirit. They are not operating from the spirit realm. They are not speaking the present thing the spirit of God is speaking. They are speaking general earthly wisdom. What is the word there? These are the people who divide you, who follow mere sukikos instincts. It's exactly the same word. So you can go and look it up for yourself. They follow the soulish instincts. And as usual, do you notice, the Bible says, they don't have the spirit. Why is it that some of the, some very popular preachers, I can't follow them. I can't listen to them. I don't mean now. I mean 15 years ago. Because without even understanding these things in too much detail, my spirit could not pick. From the moment I started getting serious with God, eating the Bible properly, and eating good spiritual food, there were people that what was coming out of them, I couldn't find what to put my teeth in. And something in me recognized without full revelation that they are speaking from a dimension that is soulish. And I've given you some of the simple tests. I've not done a thorough, I'm not giving you a thorough I'm just giving you a few here and there. This message you're preaching, unbelievers like it. That's why your church is so full. They, they like it. They can hear it and go and live like unbelievers. Live in sin, in immorality, in wickedness. They can. It allows for the combination. And they give testimonies and say, it works for me. If someone says something against you, unbelievers will defend you. No, you must be feeding them something that they understand. But true spiritual things are not understood by natural minded people. So why are they understanding you? 
Therefore, what you're feeding must not be spiritual. Do you understand this? It is mere natural instincts. We've shared this more than once. That when you find people able to say things that make sense to all, that's what everyone likes. Who does not like Batate? Who doesn't want to have money? If you're here, you don't want, you wouldn't like more of just cash. You wouldn't like more comfort. You wouldn't like a house. Three rooms and ten rooms. Which one is better? Ten rooms is better than three rooms. Plain floor or thick rugs on the floor. Which one is better? Box screen or flat screen. Which one is better? Big car or tiny car. Which one is better? Air conditioned car and the non-air conditioned car. Which one is better? I expected you to say, is that one a question? Chicken. Orishi rishi of every sort in soup. And soup that your hands move freely, left and right. Which one is better? Roadblock soup and ordinary no obstruction soup. Which one is better? Obstruction soup. Receive obstruction soup in your life. <laughs> may, may your soup be full of obstructions. <laughs> now listen to me. I am trying to say that if someone comes preaching obstruction roadblock soup, there's nobody there that sits there and says, I don't like this now. I don't like No. The most spiritual child of God, including myself, wants soup that well to be honest though, it annoys me sometimes. I'm serious. Some soup is annoying. So I just find another plate and remove all the obstructions. <laughs> and leave one or two obstructions in it and eat it. That's how I am. I don't like uh, it tires me. I look at meat, look at the food, I'm full. Like What's all this? This is distraction, not obstruction. <laughs> Some of you, you're like, yeah, you need laying of hands by me. <laughs> you know, I say I don't, I, I get tired. Uh, one piece of meat, too, is enough. Yeah, yeah serious. Do you want my anointing? <laughs> See this carnally minded people. <laughs> all right, so. I think we've touched everything I want to touch this night. I've shown you all the places where the words Sukikos occurs in the Bible. That's what I just did. I showed you all the places where it talks about the natural mind. And you have seen that God does not support in any of them the natural mind. God does not support the soulish mind. So don't praise the soulish mind. Don't honor it. Don't say it is of God. The Bible has shown you more than one place that people that operate with the soulish mind do not have the... do not have the spirit. They are not operating in the spirit of truth. They are operating in lies. It is not God's ideal condition. It's not even God's... It's not the spirit's dealing. It is earthly dealings. Many wise people have worked on this earth, but that wisdom was earthly wisdom, not the Spirit's wisdom. Don't lie against the truth. You can be born again and you're preaching in lies. John 8, we have taught it many times. For the new people, I'll just give you the summary. Jesus said from verse 31 of John chapter 8. Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, believers, if you continue in my word, you stay in it, focused on seeking what I say out, you will know the truth. You don't know the truth when you believe. 
you must continue in it and you will get to know the truth. Everyone, look at me. Don't be distracted. Listen to what I'm saying. You must continue in the truth, or in his word, before the truth is revealed to you. Many people stopped continuing it and since they never got to meet the truth. When you meet the truth as we have, it will make you free. Read that all the way down to verse 44 of that John chapter 8 and you will see that these people who were believers in Jesus looked at Jesus and told him, you have a devil, you have a demon. And Jesus told them, you have your father, Satan. Jesus said that their father was Satan, their source. The word father in Greek is pater, from which you have paternity. Pater, pater. And he said, you have your father. But they were believers. Yes. But the source of their information, like James 3 says, is earthly, soulless, sensual, and demonic. That's what God, Jesus meant. Tell so you guys, you're believers in me. But your source, from where you draw your wisdom, your thinking, because you have not continued in my word to know the truth, you still argue with me. He told them, you know the truth, you set you free. They said, what do you mean by free? We are not in bondage to anybody. That's how the argument started. And Jesus now said, a servant does not stay in the house forever, but a son abides. In other words, all of you that have even come to believe in me, you're not yet sons. You're still at the servant stage. And the people said, we are not servants to anybody, we are not slaves to anybody. Abraham was our father. And Jesus said, no, no, this stage you are in is no guarantee that you're going to remain in the house of God. You can fall out. Why do you think? John tells you that they left us because they were not of us. Many of you don't know that many people in quote that are servants of God had left the house since. They are not part of the house. They have left the house. The Bible says that a son abides forever. Jesus went on to give that teaching. Go read John 8. And they kept arguing with him and they said, didn't we say you have a demon and you're a Samaritan? They, go and read the whole book of John. It changed my life. I read it in 1999 thoroughly. It changed my life. Because I was hearing a man of God preach and I said, God, are you permitted to talk like this? He said, go and study my son. I went and studied Jesus. I got up from that experience a different being. And before they finished arguing to the end, Jesus said, you have your father, the devil. They were asking, who is our father? Who are you? Do he kept saying, you do the deeds of your father. This are, which deeds? These were believers in Jesus. He said, Satan is your source. How many of you want Satan to be your source? How many of you want to be operating from the soulish realm? How many of you want to pray from the spirit realm? Take note, you will not make sense to people. All of you that like making sense to people, you want to be accepted, you want to be understood, you want people to understand you, you want to be able to explain to a non-spiritual man spiritual things, you want him to go, okay, 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 I see, <laughs> this makes perfect sense. No, the Bible we have been studying for a few weeks now has shown you that the wisdom of God will not make sense to people that are operating from the natural realm. When you go and see someone's library of books, and it is all those books, the magic, the secret, 48 laws of power, the mafia boss, uh, uh, Norman Vincent Peale, positive thinking, uh, this one, uh, plus all the other plenty present day men of God, 
your, your, make your so and so work for you and all of that. Once you see them and you see yourself uh, and the person loves God but can somehow come, know that you're operating with a soulish dimension person. He will not understand. There are too many things God will tell you that won't make any sense to them. You have to make a choice. Will I agree to be a fool? Look at Jesus' crazy wisdom. Oh, very rich man. You want to really know me? Go and sell everything you have and come and follow me. What kind of wisdom is that? Who preaches that now? Who tells people to give up everything they have and follow? They will advise you and say, come, 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 listen. And they will try to show you a way you manage the two. Yes? But it's earthly wisdom. It, it, it makes sense. It doesn't appear foolish. Move from Lagos and go and live in Lokoja or Ebonyi. Where is Ebonyi? Amam, Abi, is somewhere in Nigeria. How? From Lagos? Eh, I want you to apply for a job. Send your CV to Ebonyi State. Huh? Nasarawa? No, it's too close to Abuja. Who does that? It has to be that it was God that is behind the idea. It will appear stupid, but it will be God. Amen? Yes, give her the mic. Except I've answered your question, which I usually prefer. Sir, you said, that time you were talking about the spirit, soul, and body. You said, um, sometimes, you said sometimes the, like, how do I put it? Not like the root, but somehow, like the root of the problem, no, the issue, maybe from God. And sometimes, not like, <laughs> That time you said, like, you used Job's example. Like, you said that it was, like, God that was behind everything. Do you actually mean I said, like, the Bible okay, says? Okay, the Bible says. Okay. <laughs> okay, so, and you said sometimes God be like, this one is not me. And you be like, you go and use the weapons I've given you. And I want to know how. And because you were saying that the people that go and like like they're attacking the devil instead of going to God. So I'm like, how do you now go about it if you don't... Okay, I'm seeing you are sending your question here now. I hadn't seen this. Did everyone send in? Is there, if there's anyone else that hadn't written it, I would like that you write it. The, 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 the answer is a bit simple. How did David... I use that example because it's one of the best. How did David attack, recover, get everything back? Did he go alone? He went with his men. So, you asked here, you said, everyone does not have the same level of authority. Did you hear what I said about a fence? And how your church family, properly constituted, is a fence to you? So, I've answered it already as I shared. You must learn to fight with people. Who was here when I preached just a short time ago about how David, who had once killed a giant, Goliath, was almost killed by a brother of Goliath. And one of his men defended him. Learning to fight with others. I've preached it and preached it and preached it. Two are better than one. When you see someone that is about to be destroyed, Proverbs 18 verse 1, he will isolate himself. He or she will separate himself or herself from others. Will try to prove to be something. People that typically operate alone. People that typically act alone. People that typically are alone suffer many defeats and losses. People tell me things sometimes and I go, who did you tell? Who did you tell? It's totally unnecessary that that happened to you. 
you are alone. The enemy likes stragglers. He likes those that come behind and are alone. The Bible says, if you are alone when you fall, who will lift you up? But it tells you in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, that if you fall, another will raise you up. And that's where it said two are better than one. And a threefold cord is not easily broken. That three is even better than two. And I therefore encouraged you and said, you must have friends. I, we preached this a week or two or three ago. Have phone number. Forget that whole thing about, well, we are not close. What do you mean? Well, I just want it to go naturally. I told you, no. Go to people's rooms that you look at and say, well, this person looks like a serious child of God. Make yourself their friends. At least many of them will not push away. Even if you meet them on a bad day, go on a good day. You know you can meet someone on a bad day. They are not feeling good. If you say yes too happily, I'll check you. What is it with you and bad days? What is it? Were you born on a bad day? Don't have bad days. Cool down. Be, be normal. Don't, don't be, mm, t- no, 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 today is not a good day for me. What is wrong with you, sir? Grow up. Let them meet you and say, I'm tired. How are you? God bless you. I'll see you later. I, I, you want to come to a, uh, okay. Uh, not, no, 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 I'm sorry. I'm too tired. No, I can't see you now. This is the first person. The person has stirred up a little courage to come near you. Your, your, you selfish thing. You just go, say how now? I'm sorry, I won't be able to see you. I just need to sleep. Who said you must sleep? If you don't sleep, what will happen? What will happen? If you had another class or a test, would you sleep? Would you sleep? If that your uncle from America told you, come and see me now, and you have to go and wait outside his hotel room for three hours to see him, would you sleep? Would you sleep? Or you say, no, no, uncle, please keep your dollars to yourself. I must sleep now. <laughs> you quack. Eh, I was tired. You're not tired of anything. You're just selfish. Say, no, no, I'm busy. No, I've been busy all day. I just come. How now? What's that your name? Well done, eh? You see the person looking uncomfortable and trying to reach out. Just shun them in the name. If, if anyone does that to any of you, tell me. Just get their name. I'll call them out of that, their room then. I'll send 10 people to their room. They will wake them up. I'll give instructions. Drag them off the bed. They will drag them up. Then I'll tell them, come here and see me. Then they will come and see you here. I'll say, oh, this person wanted to talk with you. Then me, I'll go and sleep. I'm serious, though. If any of you, all the new, new, new people, new, young, young, the ones that are not sure, huh, these people, are they real? If you try, if you've seen anyone, it's like something is saying, talk to this one. And you go and they, are, they act busy. They form busy. Except they are going for a class. They, they form busy. No, 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 no. I, I, I always read in the library by this time. Just tell me. Just get their name. Just say, don't be angry. What's your name? Then text me the name. I'll pull them out of the library. I can, it's not hard. I can pull them out of anywhere. Have I looked for anyone here before by force? Anyone here? Have I looked for you? Anyone here I've looked for by force before? Let me see your hand. Eh? That means I'm nicer than I think. Is there anyone here I've looked for? Is there anyone I've sent here to get me someone by force? Like, let me see your hand. I sent you to get me someone. I don't fall yet now. Have you not started praying? Let me see, let me see. I wanted someone. I don't mean light wanting. I, the type where I told you, I said, I don't care what they are doing. Get them for me now. I'll send 10 people after you if I need to. At least I have numbers. I'm not like you people that. There's no space in your phone for number, only pictures. So if anyone just sons you, don't be... See me now. Am I not saying openly? Just tell me. Don't say, I, I was trying to meet this person. They just said they too. Just tell me. 
they will meet you. In fact, they will come with gifts. They will come bearing gifts. I will make them buy you. Just tell me what you like to at the same time. You like biscuits? Which kind? They will come to you with biscuits. I'm so sorry. This is for you. Now, if any old school person here tries to disturb my life, you see what I'll do. <laughs> Alright. So, sister, learn to fight with people. Why was I saying this? Because, oh, oh, I, you know, because I have lots of private conversations with people. I can't tell you people's things, except it's far away, very far old stories and all that. But I've had too many discussions where I'm looking at the person and thinking about how useless that defeat was. That, that it was so necessary that you were defeated. You just needed a little help. You listen to someone talking and it's so easy to have won. But they didn't win because they didn't know. They were so weak and alone. So I beg you, don't fight alone. Major way of winning and recovering all, go with people. Major. That thing that is a big deal for you is nothing for another person. Some of them have fought hundreds of those battles. They don't do like that. Some, it's a simple prayer. Father God, I thank you. Now I know that I have my right. Father, I'm demanding. Let the enemy restore. Four times. in the Double. You said double for my shame. Double. Father, I demand double. How many of you have I prayed that over here? It's not, it's not, why did the one person raise their hand? Some of you, you were under the anointing, you, were, you didn't hear what was being prayed. I pray that a lot. Because many times, sometimes as you're praying, you just realize that the person has been suffering theft from the enemy, illegally. And you're asking God, give it back. And God restores things. Restores your confidence, your peace, your joy. And you may be under this thing, you're laboring. Not necessary. I hope you weren't thinking of just physical things. The things the enemy steals. He steals people's peace, joy, gladness, hope. He steals people's hope and they seem hopeless. Everything seems dark. He steals those kinds of things. It can be given back. Almost all of us here have had our hope restored. Our confidence. It's our sense of self-worth. You felt... How many of you used to feel worthless? Really bad like me? It's not my kind Jesus even died for. Let me see your hand. How many of you still feel like that? Let me see your hand. It's well with you. That's that, that one, no, because you just came here for the first time. But all the rest, if you looked around and see their hands go down, why? Because the, we got it back. He stole it. Some, he stole it when you were three years old. Five. And we got it back. How many of you have watched and seen people here come and they are crying and then in a short time, they are like a different human being. You wonder, is this? That's how to fight. They didn't fight alone. They found people who were like, let's go fighting. So we don't fight like, eh, eh. no, simple prayers, trust in God, find God's word, put up your shield of faith, and you start recovering. You take back what the enemy has stolen. Amen. Another question here was, how can we know a preacher that operates in the third level of spiritual realm of God? I don't know if you mean that God realm. We've preached it now. You're looking at one. Uh, how can one... <laughs> How can one on his own operate in the real spiritual realm of God on your own? Good, good question. But we have answered all this as I was preaching, haven't I? You learn to talk to God more. You get to know his word deeply. The more you know what he says, the more you know how he thinks. In my life, that's how I got to know. I've shared it. Maybe you raised your hand before I answered it, you know. Maybe you wrote this question before I, I, I answered it. I told you 
that you go to God. I, you remember when I said in the 90s? How I would go to God and he would show you, and I would start listening to what people are saying and go like, no. This doesn't flow with how Jesus talked, how the apostles spoke. It doesn't flow. It's, it's different. It's pleasing to everyone. No unbeliever will quarrel with this. An unbeliever goes to that church one time and says, this is my church now. There's something wrong. He doesn't get saved. He just makes it his church. There's something wrong. What did you do? Why, why is he happy about being there? Except he comes there and says, I don't know what these people are talking about. Runs home and then the Holy Ghost gives him a dream. Tells him, hey, 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 hey. Go back, go back. Or some of them, they run away. Then they get very miserable. After struggling and suffering, when they finally look around and say, no need, they come back. That's how it works, at least from my experience. But they don't come going, yippee! They come and listen to us. People listen to us and say, what in those people they talk? How many of you, first time you heard us, you're like, what were they talking about? What on earth? Lift your hand, look around you. Some of them, they show up, then they disappear. They are like, Ugh! It had to be God that brought them back. Because it doesn't... How many of you have gone to a church in your carnal days? And you're like, Kai, this is where I belong. Why? You should ask yourself, why? Why, how, why, should, why should a fly be happy in fire? Is it possible that the fire is fake fire? Because if it's real fire, you go like, and run. You don't go, wee, Jesus, you are so like me. He's not like you. It's not like you. He's so different from you that it won't make, it will be foolishness to you. This is how it works, okay? Dear people of God. Final question here. Alright, so how do you know a realm of God if it lines up with the things of God? That is, how do you know someone that is speaking from the God realm? Does it line up? I keep saying this book. Don't, this book, I don't know. This book, this book is a good book. These books. Read in, out, up, down, take notes. Everyone here that has obeyed knows that that's what brought major change. They go back, I tell everyone, if you're new, get an exercise book. 50, 60, 100 leaves, hardcover if you can. If you can afford it, whatever you can afford. Write your name on top. Write Bible study. Wake up in the morning, open the Bible and keep, start from wherever and say, God, please talk to me. Amen. And then read. Then when you're done reading, say, uh, what did I learn? What, oh God, what do I learn? Um, I learned from this place. Just write it there. Do not, even if it's one line, write. Put the date. Keep doing that every day. Time will come. You write 10 pages. And you have to go to class by 10. And you'll be like, oh, why do I have to stand up? Do you hear when our brother there gave a testimony how business dried up? And he sat in his office and was now reading plenty Bible. And someone will come with business in his dry cleaning wash uh, service. And you'll be like, why did they come now? They are disturbing me. I'm reading my Bible. That's what happens when you begin to taste and see that mm, God is good. You spend hours, things will be a distraction. That's how you'll be fasting by error. It's not, today is fasting. Mm -mm. It is that you're reading your Bible and you don't want to stand up. Ah, which kind of kitchen? Please, I'm enjoying this. That's the kind of fasting God likes. Not the, mm. Today is dry, you're six to six. Everything is pain. Please go and eat. Everything. Mm. That's not the proper God you have met. All this stuff ahead, painful, unhappy. If you're not unhappy, God is not happy. Check your God. God is not happy with your unhappiness. He finds no joy in your affliction. 
the Bible says. He does not willingly cause the sons of men to suffer affliction. It gives him no joy. You said that the spiritual gifts are free, but that the price we pay to receive it is sitting down to study God's word. That's one of the prizes I said. Sometimes you're not studying, like you're sitting here now listening to me. This time you give, I said the major way thing you exchange is your time. Other than that, why does the Bible say without money? Buy it. To buy something, you give something of value. The major thing I know is time. If you were here, was it last Sunday or two Sundays ago? When was it that, that service that God kind of, two Sundays ago? When did the shakings begin? What time? Around three? Past three, three? Why didn't it happen by 11? Didn't, you, didn't we worship God well that day? Didn't it, wasn't the worship session powerful? So why didn't it happen by nine? Why didn't it happen by 10? 11? Why is it after some people left? Why? Why does God behave like that, please? Someone tell me. God, can you just show up early? Did we control it? Can you control those things? Didn't we want to finish the prayer, small, small, sharp, sharp? Why does God do things like that? Because it's like, you've paid the price. Give them, they've paid. It is the truth. It is hide works. And most people will never see God because they've never brought what God values. Your time. And the money say, no, 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 my time is too precious. Do you know I know people that they've spent years holding their time. They can give cash. Tell them, drop five, five thousand, ten, ten. They will drop it. But they don't play with their time. They do microwave Christianity. And God is like, do I look like, I don't do microwave. How long did it take for God to talk with Moses on the mountain? Why? What is wrong with one day, please? Is it God, excuse me, did God lose his voice? Do you realize that the Bible says Moses went up there and was there, received under the cloud for six days. And on the seventh day, God called to him out of the cloud, said, come up. That is, he went deep. I already went up the mountain, stayed at a level. Six days passed. On the seventh day, God spoke to him out of the cloud. Why? Can someone tell me why? Why don't you just, is it not you that told me to come? God, excuse me, are you busy? What is it? You have not seen me because God gives it to you freely. But the price is, do you want it enough? Are you hungry enough? Do you know why I'm not working deeper things with God as of now? I'm not hungry enough yet. That's why one of the best things you can do for someone is make them hungry. When they get so hungry that nothing else matters, you're ready. When you're not hungry enough, well, well, God knows if he gives it to you, you treat... Have you given a child too much biscuit before? Have you seen what they do with it? They try to make flying saucers out of biscuit. Have you been around children, you see the parents do that and you're like, child, God will forgive these people. I didn't look for biscuits, you know? And they are just wasting it. That's what happens. That's why God does not give his best things to people that don't desire it. That's why you must desire it. That's why he waits. He watches. Are you hungry enough? You're not hungry enough. I'm not giving you. He, he looks at the time. says, all those that wait till a certain time, they'll be hungry enough. I'll give them. And everyone that lives before, they will be hearing the gist. I know sometimes, I've never heard anyone tell me, but I know sometimes people will go and tell, oh, you missed. If you see what happened, and they'll go like, no, no, whatever. God knows. Eh, what I got was enough. Has anyone ever had a response like that? I've never had anyone tell me, you know, and I don't ask those questions. But has anyone ever had someone try to downplay what they missed because they missed? 
And if they really, really know what they miss, you know they wouldn't say it because you that was there knows like, wow. Oh, oh, oh if only you stay. But they are trying to comfort themselves. Sometimes they want you to control the Holy Ghost. You can't. That's why you can come for a meeting. It seems dry. Everyone goes. You come for another meeting. You expect it to go a certain way. Because God is always checking who deserves it, who is hungry enough. Hunger matters. Why does the Bible say he feels satisfies the hungry and sends the rich away empty-handed? Because those that come like, no, I have enough. No, I have enough. No, I'm okay. What I have is enough. He's not bothered with them. My question is that I have studied and hear the word of God before I even started desiring for the spiritual gift of vision and discernment and have not received it. Why? You want the gift of vision and discernment. There's a gift. How does the Bible say you get your gift in, in 1 Corinthians 12? The Bible says the spirit gives to any man, every man as he, if God gives to people as he wills. How do you have the right to... You ask and it's given. You may be given later. Keep asking. Are you sure you're hungry enough? How many hours have you spent on your face asking? But I would even advise you, be careful. You can keep asking God once in a while, God, give me discernment. But don't insist on... How many times have we talked about this thing, please? Because if you are overdue, the enemy may show up and help you. I'm not, I don't even know how to say this. You could tell God every day, Father, I want to preach in the gift of discernment of spirit. I want to, I don't know, there's no gift of vision. There's, there's a gift of prophecy. There's people, there are people that prophesy, they hear it. There are people that sense it. Then there are people that see it. It's a gifting. We've discussed this. You have the Holy Spirit. You have what he wants you to have for now. I've answered this so many times in so many ways. There are people that you need to grow up in so many other things. If he makes you... Uh, uh, there, are, uh, there are those that if he gave you some of the giftings some people have here, we wouldn't see you again. We will see handbills with your face on it. <laughs> God, may they not have anything that will take them away. Meanwhile, they need to eat God's word for 10 more years. And you want, God in his mercy looks at you and says, Chai, stupid child, let me show you mercy and not give you anything. Are they not, are they children that are 18 years old, 19, if you give a car, they will kill people. Will you give? You think you know. No, no, I won't do that. How do you know? Do you know what true faith towards God says? He says, God, I trust that you know what is best for me. And I trust you to do your will in my life. How are you going to say you desire more of the grace to see visions than me? When, when, how many times have I... Why do I use myself as examples in, in difficult things? Because I'm standing in front of you. This is me here. This is not... I read in a book. This is me. And then how many people have I laid hands on? And they start seeing visions. And I don't see the visions. What do you want? Which one is better? I asked once, I said, which one is better? If I could see, I would have two pairs of spiritual eyes or one pair of spiritual eyes, and that would be it. I can't see, but if I want to know anything, I can tell 50 people, go and pray now and tell me what you saw. Who is the richer person now? Which one is better for me to have 20 
million in my account and for a hundred people to have hundred million in each of the accounts. If I need money, am I really a pop? Even if I have nothing in my account, if I walk around empty-handed, but anytime I need anything, I can pick my phone and say, <clears throat> so define riches. Now, if you are surrounded by brothers and sisters, I don't know if you've seen the prophetic people uh, in action, you know, they see similar things in completely different ways. By the time you hear the different pieces, they even see and don't understand a lot of what they see. You that want, you're presuming that once you see it is okay. No. They see and they're like, I don't know what it means. Almost everything I saw, I don't know what it means. Of what use is it to now see? When you go around confusing people, you tell them this one, this one, so this one, so, and they're like, okay, so what does that mean? I'm, I'm, I don't know. Someone will soon tell you, be keeping quiet. Now, what are you talking, sir? You become, you tell me, I saw this, I saw that. So, what does it mean? It is not about seeing. And who says you have to see to know? Spiritual things are. Didn't we just read spiritual things that spiritually discern? For years, I didn't see. But I would discern all the time. While there are people around me that could see, but they will never discern. When I was a student like you, I would discern things. I'm not seeing anything. I'm discerning it, discerning, discerning. Every time I would ask people, has anyone told you before? They would say no. But there are people that are me. I see you. God shows me things. How come you never see? I would discern people dying. The seers have not seen the death. Or they see. They don't tell anyone. The person dies. Me, I know see. I descend, I call you, I warn you, and deliver you from death. Which one is better? To have seen how people die and they die, or to not see, but you save people from death. Answer me now, in case you're the one that is going to die. What do you mean? Which one is better, to descend right, or to see something? What is this seeing, seeing, seeing thing? Because in God's house, so many people see. I should stop laying hands. Some of these selfish people are thinking, yes, you can stop now. I got mine. Why didn't all of them say no? They just kept quiet. They're like, yes, let's stop there. <laughs> Let the rest that are coming be hearing about us. See, God forgive all of you. <laughs> the truth, of, I have told you the last day generation, the sign of the outpouring of the spirit in the last days is that your sons and daughters would see visions. It's part of the packaging. So there will be a lot of seeing. I know. They will, there has to be. It's, God said it will be so. So I can't show up and now say, well, you know, it has not always been so. No, this is a different time. So there will be a lot of sin. But I'm saying you must be patient and submissive to the hand of God. Learn God's words. Stop having this attitude of, I, 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 I didn't do that. I obeyed God and sat down. I didn't go quarreling. I won't read my Bible since you have refused to show me things. You know how many people I, I, I was more spiritual than, than I'll look at them. I'll know I'm far more spiritual than them, but they see all sorts of things. Have you come across the ones that see and disobey almost everything they see? You haven't seen anything yet. See, just hold yourself and go and obey God. You don't, want, you don't need to see to walk with God. You need to walk with God and he will lead you with his own eyes. And even when you don't see anything, you just find yourself talking to people, led. What you need to be is led. You don't need to see. 
you need to be led by the Spirit. And you find yourself talking to someone. And the next day, and you're talking to them, and you lead them to repent. And because they repent, they avoid death the next day. You didn't see anything. You were just prompted. You were just led. I would rather be led helping people everywhere I go than see and be useless and always be saying, do you know I saw that thing? Do you know I saw that thing? I saw that thing. You useless here. You know the CC person will be judged more because why did I show you? If I showed you for a purpose and you refused to carry out the purpose, you were guilty. But another person that did not even see, but obeyed God and was just normally moving around life looking, God, who should I minister to? Who, who can I be a blessing to today? Use my mouth. Use my actions. And say, how now? Where is your room? Ah, there's something I want to give you in my corner. Come now. Do you know my corner, sir? And you take them to your corner. Sit down now. And you say, you look hungry and tired. I have some milk. Do you have another class? I know you might get sleepy. No, it's okay. You've never visited me. Take. I have some biscuits. Take. And the person, you start talking. And the person is sitting there with you. And the next thing starts talking to you. And you begin to bring healing and help to the person. What do you need to see for? You want to say, as we were walking past, I saw that on you. There's this spirit of, um, <laughs> come with me. The person may be like, no, ah, I'll talk to my pastor. <laughs> and off they go. So it's not about all that. Are we okay? Have I helped someone? Amen. You're asking God to deliver you from the soulish realm. You're asking God to deliver you from the soulish realm. How many of you think you have walked in the soulish realm a bit and mixed it up with the spirit realm? How many of you want just do the spirit? You're going to have to ask him. Okay? Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Forgive me for all that I have walked in the flesh and the soul and claimed it was spirit. Ask God to cleanse your mind. Beg God to cleanse your mind of all the soulish things. That God should shine his light on all the natural things that have dominated it. That you have believed and preached and encouraged and pushed. Purify our hearts. Let us make us as gold. Pure as silver. Jesus. 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 I want to walk in the spirit. I want to know the things of the spirit. I want to fly in the spirit. I want to know your will, Lord Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Things of the Spirit. Give me the ability to discern things spiritually. Deliver me, O oh God, from earthly, sensual, and demonic wisdom. All the accumulated demonic wisdom. Thank you, Lord. We pray you receive eyes to see, ears to hear, and an understanding heart. Remember, test all things and hold fast to what is good. For more information, visit our website at gods-lighthouse.org.